0: quiet fire eighty eight point five two triple r you can find out more on my instagram at quiet fire radio <laughs> welcome back to quiet fire the show where we celebrate female vocalists both classic and modern both australian and international someone who represents the australian contingent of that and has represented the australian contingent of that for a little while I have, as my special guest this week, Jess Finlayson from Raising Ravens. How are you?
1: I'm good. Yep. As I said, it's a very sober Sunday. Had a quiet night. So yeah, yeah you're in for a pretty normal interview.
0: <laughs> now, um, I've woken up this morning and checked the AMRAP page and um, congratulations. I don't know if it happened earlier in the week. I don't know when that list gets updated, but... It's a Trap is now the w- number one most popular song on the AMRAP charts. Congratulations yes. on that. How does that feel?
1: <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's great. But, uh, yeah, it was quite a surprise. I didn't expect it to be there. So, yeah, there was, um, yeah, quite a few shocked people around. But, yeah, no, it's really great. It's It's kind of surreal. But, yeah. There you go, uh, number one.
0: (laughs) It's a Trap is the third single from the project, uh, Raising Ravens, the first one being released back in November. But um, yeah, this single is sort of seems to be the one that's resonated most with the public. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, I think the topic probably, uh, yeah. I mean, the timing of it was quite bizarre as well. We did the film clip on the same day as the march in March Yeah, so it all kind of fit together, which was kind of strange, because I actually wrote it last year, but I think it's a a topic that um, isn't going away, and has been around for quite a long time, so I don't know, to be honest, I mean, I would say that that's part of it, so yeah, and there's some pretty good rips in it. I would hope that would be part of it too.
0: The riffs are pretty good. Now, I think you sort of, you know, just just to, to double back there a little bit, and not to assume yep. anyone knows what the song's about. What exactly is a trap? What what what's the trap that you're singing about? It?
1: I think. It, well, I think I don't. I don't think I know. Um, I, since I wrote it, the trap would be being stuck in what society thinks is normal and how we treat each other. So that was kind of what it was about. I wrote it in lockdown and. I'm sure I'm not alone in that everybody got a little bit too much time to reflect on things. And yeah, I wrote it about domestic violence and intimate partner abuse. Yeah. Which is something that means a lot to me for lots of reasons. Yeah. So the trap is that, we are supposed to behave a certain way and we're told that from a very young age and we're told that in many ways and that's not just women, that's men and everybody. So, yeah, that's the trap, I would think, and I think we need to change. People need to change the way that they treat each other.
0: I guess the other trap in terms of uh, you know growing up young or whatever is trying to work out where you fit in the world. Uh, you, yeah. you've, been, you've been in a rock band since the age of 14, 15, 16. <laughs> <laughs> um having a relative amount of success in Australia of course being with Nita from such a young age
1: Yeah. Um
0: you know I'm sure that you get this line of questioning all the time so I don't want to tire you out with it but <laughs> you know that's a trap as well isn't it trying to fit into a role in society that you don't fit in and it's certainly one that uh, you've walked and it's probably the harder path to choose in the world right?
1: Ah, definitely, yeah. I mean, we all have expectations around us and I think Nidacris definitely punched a hole through the mould of that because, I mean, there were a lot of female bands around until it wasn't just us. But I think we kind of did the heavy thing more so, possibly. And we were all so little that I guess it gave people a shock. But it was sincere. It wasn't manufactured. So, yeah, definitely... Definitely went against expectation, for sure. I mean, it's not every day you see a bunch of fifteen year old girls up there telling people to get f***ed and whoop, sorry, community radio. <laughs> you can you can bleep that out later. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> what, once again, preamble, i don't want to I don't want to tie you with old old <laughs> questions, but um one of the other ones that really captured me that I guess I hadn't wasn't aware of, scanning through Wikipedias and such was that the US of course famously and still to this day we celebrate the riot girl movement but yep. Matt Chris were one of the leaders of the grot girl movement which is a terminology specifically for that movement within Australia Yeah What, what on earth is that term because I I mean I'd like to think that I have a re- relative knowledge of Australian musical history but it was a term I'd never even heard before
1: Well I mean yeah it's I don't like to get put into Particular boxes because we never really thought about what we were doing. We just wanted to be a rock band, and we were so young that a lot of these things were foreign to us as well. We were just like we're a punk rock band. We were actually more into metal, but because we were only learning how to play, I think people thought we were more punk. (laughs) But yeah, I mean the rock girl thing. I guess it's just against the grain of what is expected and. Not glamming things up, but yeah, I mean, I get stuck on those terms too, because I mean, we were just a band as far as I'm concerned. We played with everybody. So yeah, I don't know really how to answer it. It's, a, it's an odd question.
0: You know, reflecting on your past as well and all the way into 2021, the debut single... From 2020 care for what you wish for was that a reflection on on your own period of rock and roll or is it sort of something to is it is it more of a, a a wish for some other people out there
1: it was actually about kind of fueled by covid to be honest and watching the way that governments handled it and yeah it's more about politics to be honest it wasn't about rock and roll i mean it's still rock and roll but yeah, I mean, the whole concept of that song was that humanity has swallowed itself on its own greed, you know, and I think we saw that very, very, very much so during the first lockdown. I think it brought a lot of things to head, but I don't think, I think people are beyond believing what politicians say now. I think we've, it's been made pretty clear already. So that's what that song is about. It's more a reflection on you know, don't follow leaders, especially when they're willing to let everybody die. But, you know, that's what it means. So, yeah. I mean, the main the main culprit is gone, but the, the problem still sits there because it was sort of about Trump.
0: The other part was that it, it, around 2010 as well, I think in 2011, you released a solo album. There was a different type of solo career that you had then. This is a, the, Raising Ravens is still a project driven, largely by yourself, I believe. Yeah. Can you tell me sort of the, the differences in between those two sort of self-driven projects, where you're at now as opposed to the the Jessamine project?
1: Yeah, the solo album then, eh, it was interesting because I'd always been in bands. Um, so, yeah, a lot of things happened that led me to just going on my own. And I did like it, but I didn't feel like it was really what I am yeah and then that turned into the mismade because yeah I had always been in bands and I mean while this is a predominantly solo thing Raising Ravens it still involves other people and that was why I changed to the name because yeah I like to see myself as part of a pack rather than on my own I just don't yeah I don't know it's hard to explain it's there are other people there I like the idea of the name as well because it it means more than just one person. So, But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely different. A a lot's happened between now and 2010. (laughs) So, yeah. No, I feel like this is definitely more me. I think I know what I'm doing a bit more. So, yeah, I mean, I like that album, but there's a lot of things that I would do differently.
0: To air a personal grievance on this matter, I guess it's got to be make one a little bit fearful when you see a musician who's been in the industry for a little while and they run off to make the, uh, the, the adult contemporary album, let's call it. They pull out the acoustic <laughs> guitar and yeah. whilst I'm sure they enjoy it at the time, they inevitably always go back to, you know, finding their high school mates who can bang a drum nice and loudly and, and turn the amp back up to 11 and the experience well, is better all right. and the, and the people tend to enjoy that joy a lot more. Right.
1: Oh, totally. And around then I was doing like acoustic shows on my own. And this time when I went back to it, I was like, I'm not doing it. It's just not me. It's not like I don't like it, but yeah, no, there's a bit too much fire in there to be sitting around pretending to be mellow when you're not. <laughs> so, yeah. This, this album is going to get a lot heavier as we go as well. It seems to be going. Ur, 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 so that's clearly where I belong
0: so for the rest of, uh, you know, you were talking there, touching a little bit on the live experience. Has uh, Raving Ra- Raising Ravens had an opportunity to play live now or is that something that's sort of still coming in the pipeline?
1: So I've done, I mean, obviously because we couldn't do gigs, I did a lot of solo stuff to start with and I was sort of finding my feet with what I wanted to do with this. this. But um, we've done one gig with the band last year and it was a little bit too soon. It was still kind of developing, so I pulled back on that. But there is a full band now, and we've got gigs coming up in July, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, we haven't done much, to be honest. It's mostly been solo stuff and one gig. Yeah, but that's going to change. So I'm sure I'm not alone in my desire to get back up on stage with a crowd standing right in front of you rather than sitting down.
0: Yeah, I've spoken at, at length on this show exactly about that. That I think that 2021 is going to be finally, after all the years of my life, finally the year when we return to... Um, no, one, no one's going out to see folk or alt-country this year. Anything that no. they could have sat down and watched, they're tired of. So we're mm. only going to see heavy rock and roll and things you want to move your body to. That's what I I've declared so. anyway.
1: I'd say everybody's got a lot of pent-up rage and um, energy that they want to get rid of as well. So, yeah, I mean, there is a good side to it. There is a good side to it. And Do you want to tease have...
0: us a little bit more on on where those shows are going to be? Is is there? Um, is it going to be East Coast or uh, where are you looking? It's only
1: four. Where well, there's four, that unfortunately they're all in New South Wales. There yeah. won't be any Victoria gigs until probably towards the end of the year. Um, For a number of reasons, but there's Wollongong, Newcastle and two Sydney shows. Yeah, I'm hoping to get down to Melbourne in hopefully October and November. Um, Mainly because we're still finishing the album and it's pretty hard to juggle a job making an album and touring. So, yeah, Uh, hopefully by then things will be less anxiety provoking in terms of being able to go places. But yeah, that's not that's not the main reason. I would still do it if I could. But yeah, the album has to be the priority.
0: The rest of the the live and studio band, the rest of the Raising Ravens, or just ra- I know there's no, the Raising Ravens, nonetheless. Is the rest of the band familiar faces or are they sort of new members of your crew?
1: So it's funny how it's all happened. It's kind of, when I did it, I was like, I'm going to pick the people I most want to do the album with. And that was Lara from Scabs. She played in Scabs. She was the drummer. Andrea from Nidacris is also playing drums on it. Rexy, who was in The Miss Made with me and Tara, who I was in Fireflies with years ago and also did some solo things with. So yeah, it's more, I call it the Raising Raisin, Raising, see, I can't even say my own band name. Um, it's, it's the lack of being hungover. Um, <laughs> there's something wrong with it. It's not working. Um, Raising Ravens. It's a bit like a nebula in that it's me and there's other people. But the gigs will be Tara and a friend of ours um, from another band called Scotty and B uh, Smitty and B Good. Scotty, the drummer, is um, doing the tour with us. So yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because there's no real set lineup. Um, which is great because you get to play with everybody and it's kind of a, if you can play you are there thing. So yeah, it's been interesting. I've liked it. You get a bit of everything. You get a, you get the best out of everyone around you, which is the way it should be.
0: Absolutely. And with, with the studio experience, where are you up to with the album? So I am guessing you, these are sort of all it's been, recorded so far can we expect a a, a a full length album or EP by the time 2021 is over
1: so we're halfway through we've done it a bit differently like we've done it in batches so the bass and drums are all done for the first half and two weeks time we go back and do the rest so there's other songs that are nearly finished but they're not ready to come out So, I don't see myself putting it out until next year, to be honest. Um, I just want the time to make sure it's perfect and to, of course, be able to play live a fair bit before doing that. So, I'd say probably March, April next year, but there will be other single releases for sure.
0: Now, you've, uh, as we spoke about a little earlier, you've sort of grown up on pub stages across Australia. (laughs) what's your sort of analysis on the um the state of um music and i guess probably your expertise is probably more rock and roll what's your sort of your take on the progress of um the australian rock and roll scene in 2021
1: well i mean you'd be lying if you said it wasn't a massive struggle because the funding and you know, the way that the governments have made it for, especially up here, it's gotten a bit better, but it's not exactly grace. But I think, I don't know, I think everything that's happened, I think people are going to be demanding it more. And I hope that they continue their, um, you know, the, the fiery nature of saying, oh, we want this, we want that. And, you know, sometimes things need to be taken away for you to realise how much you want them. So I just hope that that continues rather than everybody go fall back into normal and go, oh, well, I don't really care now. So it's really up to people to go to gigs in my mind, you know, like it's the pubs and the, and the rules can be one thing. But if you don't go to the shows, if you don't feed it, then it ain't going to grow. So I just hope everybody still sticks to that.
0: I think you're absolutely right I mean it's probably it's probably time for people to start putting their money where their mouth is I saw a lot of it online last 100%. year there people saying that they were missing live shows but you know even in the time that I've been back going to shows in the last couple of months
1: yeah
0: people don't yeah people don't go to them um, that and you know there's the, the there is the tragic uh, you know you and I are old school where uh, there's the tragedy of the young people aren't as interested in the primitive instruments being bang and strummed anymore, are they, as well? there's the, the era of the bedroom producer lives on, tragically.
1: Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think it can be translated to being real as well. And I think social media has a large part to do with that. I mean, it's easier to connect with people without being in a room with them. So, I don't know, I think I hope to see a balance come back we're never going to get rid of social media and there's a lot of good things about it but it's not the real deal and you know you can only do so much from screaming on a soapbox in your bedroom so i mean i don't know yeah you can call me old school but nothing replaces being there and yeah maybe that will change who knows
0: and, and just to, uh, you know, focus briefly on the slightly more positive side of the industry, who are the, um you know, you're probably maybe the final decisions haven't been made as yet, but one of the thrilling parts about going out on your own tour is getting to pick bands that you love to come along with you. Who are the oh, people yeah. that you've been enamored with in the scene recently that you're hoping will say yes when you drop them an email and say, will you play with us?
1: Well, there's a lot up here. I mean, the next tour is actually really cool because it kind of naturally came about that there's there's us, Smitty and Be Good, Sand Viper, Shiitake, we've all kind of joined forces. We're all old friends and we've all been doing it for a very long time. Um, and Bitchcraft as well. Um, there's a lot of bands. There's Boys Club. I'm trying to think of the more. Yeah, it's Sunday morning, so my brain isn't really functioning properly. But yeah, there is a lot to offer up here and everywhere, all over the place. I mean, I'd hope, I wouldn't really want to go up to Queensland and play with Dick Lord. <laughs> I don't know if you, you know of them. I'm sure you I've do. had them on the show. I've I'm had sure I've you, had Boys yeah. Club
0: on the show last year. I had Dick Lord. I'm an absolute Dick Lord fanatic. I, I, I love them. I blew a, blew I a small fortune at, in merch at their last show in Sydney a couple of <laughs> weeks ago. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely, definitely on the radar all the time. Yeah, they're friends of mine. They're, yeah, they're good people and they're no bullshit. And yeah, their gigs are just hilarious. So yeah, I'm hoping to get up there. But yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of good bands. And I think during the last year, everybody's had a chance to focus on writing and all of that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what people bring out.
0: As a way, Jess, it's been it's such a joy to have you on the show. Thank you again for joining us on Quiet Fire um, thanks for
1: having me. I, I can't I wait Ramble for the July
0: to... tour. I'm super looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully, Melbourne again soon as well. And yeah, I have no doubt that it will all open up again. Yeah, I try to be optimistic. <laughs> I don't really see the point in being negative about it, about everything. So yeah. Now, thanks um, for having me.
0: Hey, not at all. Now, uh, if I wanted to find out more about Raising Ravens, where would I go?
1: Go to the Facebook page, um, there's a, there's Instagram, and hopefully I'll have a website in the next couple of months. Yeah, trying to keep up with everything at the moment, but yeah, it's not hard to find us.
0: Not hard at all to take us no. out. Would you like to give us an introduction to your chart-topping, AMRAP single?
1: <laughs> I'm a it's chart-topper. A tra- it, it's a <laughs> trap, please. So this is It's a Trap by Raising Ravens. Enjoy. (laughs) Play loud.
0: Thank you, Jess. Thank you so much.